and welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. I am one of your hosts here out in the People's Republic of Texas, the great state that is that pollen has fallen upon each and every day. My cars now look like boogers because of they they turn from white to yellow. Um, I'm the host, one of your hosts, I should say, the notorious BLG, aka Maurice. Um, and with me again here more often than I am is the great supreme overlord of liberty who is back from giving her lovely speeches about Machiavelli um, out there, the People's Republic of California, Amanda. Amanda, how's it going? It's going great. I'm groundbreaking. I so I got called groundbreaking for Watch my out. work on Machiavelli. My work is groundbreaking, and so that's just I'm going to prep. Hi, my name is Amanda. I'm groundbreaking, just so that everyone knows I'm groundbreaking. Um, less good news, by the way. Just want to let our listeners know. So my treadmill, like I feel like I think the the motor just died. So I am oh. now officially making an appeal. Uh, we have our tips turned on on Twitter. <laughs> Now, Maurice is expecting his first child, and that's great. But just as important <laughs> is me getting a new treadmill. And yes. so for those who want to give us money, uh, we'll, we'll split it because it's equally important. Split the money between Maurice's new child and, and my new treadmill, which is yeah. really it's about my health. And sure. uh, nothing is more important than the health of a groundbreaking Machiavelli scholar. Definitely. So. Nothing is more important yeah. than that. No. Um, which is the reason why I always, um, I, and I'm getting back into the gym and starting to get back in shape. Now that my sports, now that my sports, my sports seasons are over. Um, but yeah, you always got to stay in shape. So come on people. Um, be nice. Help uh, Amanda get a new treadmill, help support yeah. this new child that is on the way. Um, help support the house that we're building to support this new child that is on the way there's a lot of money being spent um uh i'm just joking but in all seriousness though if you if you do want to um to 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 help us out definitely tips are on the twitter you can go and you can do that um we have i've i've got no issue taking the money that people want to give to me zero issue whatsoever um i i am a capitalist at heart free market if you're trying to give me some money i will take it from you um, the only people who I do not like taking for money from are my parents. Um, and that's just because I kind of feel like they need it more than I do. But they make more money than me. And they're always willing to help out, which is which is a great thing. So you know what? I'm going to take this time. I'm going to shout out my mom and my dad, uh, Maurice Jones and Donna Jones Eubanks. Um, you guys are fabulous. Thank you so much for all that you do and the support that you have done through all of this. Um, I, I, I say all that just because I just came back from seeing my parents. Like a shout couple out, of days ago. Yeah. Shout out yeah, to my so. parents too for helping me with my taxes, by the way. Yeah. I just got off the phone with them <laughs> about taxes. Um, and they had yes. to endure me talking about how any 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 monetary number is theft. So yeah. But shout out to my wonderful <laughs> parents you, for dealing with yes, that and helping. So for and that brings up a good point. Tomorrow is death day, tax day, theft day, extortion day, whatever you want to call it. So if you're listening. Um, probably if you're listening, you've already done it just because you hate it that much and, and, or you don't file your taxes at all. So, but tomorrow is definitely the last day to file your taxes for this year for us low lives who, who work for somebody else and the government continues to steal money from us. So, but enough of that, enough of that. Amanda, how was Chicago as you were, um, making your groundbreaking, um, you, you, you were getting your groundbreaking designation i should say yeah doing um, my groundbreaking as, as Machiavelli scholarship yes. was wonderful yes. groundbreaking um and i also so I, listeners might remember that i shared my lived experience of getting covid uh last december and so i would like to now share my lived experience of not getting covid um so I did everything short of try to get and i didn't try to get covid because that's dumb <laughs> But right. looking back now, you would not be faulted for just thinking that I tried because I so there there were maskless and or barely masked uh, airport and airplane trips about fourteen hours total between and, and oh. three of the crowded uh, most crowded airports in the country back mm. and forth. Uh, two hours standing at the only domestic baggage claim in O'Hare 
because there's only one for zero reason. But the point is that my luggage was late. And so I was standing there crowded around it with everyone else coming from coming into O'Hare from anywhere else in the country for two hours. It was three days of unmasked panels, receptions, laughing in people's faces, coughing, sneezing, talking, everything in between. And uh, walking through Chicago, which is a cold place, and it was a windy place. And I had a slightly scratchy throat the day that I got back from the conference. I have since taken two COVID tests, one PCR and one antigen. I'm completely COVID-free. Scratchy throat's also gone. So I just wanted to share this lived experience of not getting COVID for people who, uh, who might be nervous about traveling and unmasked encounters. Apparently, slightly difficult to get COVID nowadays. <laughs> That's pretty much well, my lived experience as well, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't think, the, and and maybe this is just a testament to where I live. It is so weird for me to go places and people actually have masks. Like, it is very weird for me to see that. Like, we we so when we go to our doctor's appointment for my for my wife. We have to, I have to remind myself, like set a reminder on my phone, mm-hmm. like, hey, they require a mask for, for us to go into this hospital. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I need to make sure I have one or I just show up maskless until I walk into the room and they just give me one, which typically like, oh, is how it works. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, eh, whatever. Like I'll get one when I get there. But it's, it's, it's so crazy that, I mean, that outside of my little bubble in here in South of Houston, or I mean, actually in Texas, and I traveled to Florida here recently, that COVID is actually going on, that yeah. there has been some sort of uptick. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, um, because a lot of this doesn't affect me. I don't really know what all is happening everywhere else. Like, like I don't, I, I, I see little articles here and there and whatnot, but it is crazy. Now there's an article that we have of coming out of Shanghai that they are um, pretty, I would say I, I would say anything is egregious, um, mm-hmm. but they they they're pretty out there with um, with with everything that, that they're doing as far as um, their uh, how they are are monitoring or uh, how they are handling this whole COVID nineteen situation. Yeah, so they've had an outbreak, and it, it's it's really unclear whether mortality has gone up much at all, at least in relation to COVID-19 related mortality. Uh, But this is something that's absolutely terrifying. So in, in various parts of China are a little bit different, but yeah, so there has been uh, in, in Shanghai, there's a zero COVID policy and people are on total lockdown um, and some of the best accounts to follow for this are, are people's accounts on, on Twitter who are, who are sort of chronicling this. Um, it is very difficult for people to get food deliveries and for people in, in particular to get fresh food deliveries because they're only even if you can find food uh, and have it delivered to you. Uh, people are only allowed to go and pick up their deliveries at certain times uh, at, of the day. So you can have meat and fruit and perishable items sitting out in the sun for hours and hours and hours rendering it completely useless. At the same time, the absurd irony is that other really luxury items like birthday cakes and sometimes pet foods are very easy to come by. So people are Mm. able to order birthday cakes, but not broccoli. And Mm. so this is some of the stuff that I, that I've seen, you know, from various accounts and uh, now it, it's getting really dreadful. People are, because there's no end in sight, there's no off ramp. People are jumping from windows. People are just mm. ending it. Um, mm. And it's, it's very sad. It's very frightening. Um, you have police drones uh, and uh, loudspeakers in the streets is saying to, for, for people to um, contain their desire for freedom, which sounds mm. to me like a much sicker, much more severe version of people making fun of uh, individuals in, in the U.S. and other countries for wanting their their rights and their right. freedom, D-U-M-B. Of course, this mm. is an entire other level, and I'm not comparing the two, but you see this kind of escalation. Um, 
Yeah, so it's, it's this zero COVID policy that's just not working. Uh, and I'm reading from a, a The Hill article now. So as Charles Burton of the Ottawa-based McDonald Lawyer Institute tells me, the lockdown in Shanghai perfectly reflects the logic of the Chinese Communist Party's tyrannical rule. And we really should distinguish between the uh, Chinese people and the Chinese Communist Party, obviously. Yes. Uh, yes. The article goes on. Consequently, it does not matter that disease uh, control measures make no sense for China's 1.41 billion people. They have to make sense for only one person, ruler Xi Jinping. Um, I did hear an interesting theory from our friends at the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I wanted to see what you thought of it. So this this was Nate getting a little bit conspiracy theorist, but I thought it was <laughs> an interesting theory. I do too, because Nate, for Nate, it's really rare too. Right. Um, but he he said, you know, I'm wondering whether this is not an attempt to just shut down the supply chain because everyone else is trying to ramp back up. China is, or sorry, ramp back up in terms of the economy. China's ramping down in terms of the economy and up in terms of its, uh, its totalitarian measures. And China has such a stranglehold on the global economy. So that was Nate's, uh, uh, marginal conspiracy theory that, you know, that, that China wasn't able to do what it wanted to, uh, in terms of marketing its surveillance cities and its safe cities. And so now this is attempt number two. What say you? Um, I, I feel like that, that that's got a lot of merit to it. Um, just because, I mean, you see, you, you do see all of these other countries trying to get back to some level of pre COVID production. Um, but, but nonetheless, I mean, you're still seeing, um, you're still seeing driving by car lots that have uh, zero, I mean, zero new cars, a bunch of used cars. I mean, even to this day. So I, I remember last year about this time is when I started pricing my wife's vehicle to trade in. And that's when they were offering us twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000 for a used vehicle that's six years old that had 80 some odd thousand miles on. It. And it's just like, like, that's crazy. And that market has not died down at all because of supply chain issues and and I think there th there's this desire for for if in 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 a conspiracy in my conspiracy hat there's this the, China has this desire to be viewed as a fully developed um country that is that is on par economically with everybody else I mean regardless of how much they decide to inflate their specific things. That is their desire. They want to be seen as, as a power. And if everybody is, 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 is that is beholden to what they have, then, then, then that allows them to keep their power um, in supply chains. It allows them to, to be able to dictate certain things within. I mean, they, they could use this within specific policies like, hey, you know, if if you want us to open more supply chains, U.S., you need to acknowledge us and, and, and our our ownership of this said area of land. You know, um, if you don't do that, then then we're not going to. I mean, I mean, it's, so I, I think that this is definitely something that um, that that they could hold on to, because, I mean, this whole for for a, a country as big as they are. And as populated as they are, this whole zero COVID policy, like it's not working in Australia. What makes you think that it's going to work in a in in cities that are more that are more dense in population than Australia? Like I, I just I, I I don't get it, and and I don't I don't think for one second that the um that the CCP is any sort of dumb, and that they have no idea what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. They know every single move that they make, and so I I would definitely. Hey, tin tinfoil hat is on, ready to go. It's probably a half tinfoil hat because yeah. I, I think it's 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 not quite a conspiracy anymore. But I will one hundred percent. Yeah, Nate and I are on the same page when it comes to that one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it's as it's as contrived, you know, in advance as, as right. everything else. But I do think that there is definitely a desire to use anything and everything that the CCP can as a hostage scenario for the for, sure. for the rest of the world, especially if there's a sense of the CCP losing its authority as as that since over the past couple months really has mm -hmm. been budding um, with with regard to the way that the US has reacted to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I think there might be some fear 
clear that if China attempts to retake Taiwan, uh, the the response will be much worse uh, mm-hmm. from from other countries even than it has been against Russia. Um, and if if the Chinese Communist Party can just withhold resources and withhold capital. Uh, then that is a lot more of a bargaining chip. We know that the CCP sure. likes to play the long game, and so I would—I guess I would kind of go halfsies on on Nate's conspiracy theory. <laughs> I did tell him I was like, I'm going to bring this up on Civil Discord because I think it's a good theory. <laughs> so there we 100%. go. Thanks, thank you for our content, Nate. I appreciate. it. Of course, it. thanks, Nate. Appreciate yeah. you, Nate, uh, who knows just about everything there is to know about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nate and Charlie. Good morning, uh, Liberty. Yes, um, but. And, and and another thing that this brings up is for those of you who have forgot who the uh, who the master and he's not really the mastermind, but I would say he's a mastermind behind behind a lot of the American policy um, that we have doled out is Dr. Anthony Fauci, Farsi, Fauci, um, Fasci, whatever you want to call him, because he is all of those um, has actually come out and almost almost kind of sort of changed his tune mm. um, with with how he speaks about this um he he discusses things as far as like well we want um you know them to weigh their personal risk when it comes to covid-19 and the uptick that you know that happens which is something that people have been saying a long time ago like hey why don't you just weigh the risk if you are younger if you are older so weigh the risk of the vaccine weigh the risk of you going out there and getting covid once once all these numbers came out and it is uh and it's it's quite interesting to to kind of see like now the um people who are on the left people who i'm, I'm not, i don't want to see people on the left cuz because i feel like that's that's there are people on the left who are definitely anti lockdown and so forth right. so i want to say the very very far who, left uh, it was yes. very anti lockdown which yes. yeah so makes sense. so let, let let me correct myself in saying people that were pro lockdown and people that were pro forcing covid of vaccines on a lot of people. It's interesting to see how the person who they herald as this great, you know, epidemiologist who knows everything that there is to know and so forth, um, for, for, for their, for their, their God, little G God, um, to, uh, to, to kind of change his tune on this. Now I'm not saying he is, he is, um, absolving himself of everything that he has said, but for, for him to say things like this is not going to be eradicated and this is not going to be eliminated. You know, you need to weigh your own risk when it comes to dealing with that. Like he literally says, he says, so you're going to, so you're going to make a question and answer for yourself. What is my age? What is my status? Do I have people at home who are vulnerable that if I bring this virus home, there, there may be, there may be a problem. Now I know last episode we came up with a name for me, Nostradamus Jones. Um, but this, these are things that people have been saying since the beginning of this. Hey, how old am I? Am I am I really at risk of this? If the answer is no, then I don't need to live my life in fear. If the answer is yes, then let me make some some adjustments to my life to make sure to where I lessen the risk of COVID. Maybe that's take the vaccine. You know, maybe that's I limit my time spent around other people. In the midst of this, maybe that's, you know, I don't go out as much because I have autoimmune deficiencies or things of that nature. These are things that we have been saying for for what for two years now. And thank God, thank God for capitalism that we have the resources. If people do yes. have issues and do have immune vulnerabilities and they can they can use delivery apps and they can right. they can use things that are going to make their quality of life better and make them less isolated. And so that exactly. people can not only analyze their own risk, but can live while analyzing their own risk and not be terrified and rely on other people to all live as though we all have the same risk level because of capitalism guys we don't have to do that Mm. ladies and gentlemen (laughs) exactly uber eats um doordash uh shipped instacart um, instacart a lot of companies have resulted in um have 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 actually have shifted their businesses to where now they have curbside pickup like Excuse me. The Whataburger down the street. For those of you who don't know what Whataburger is, it is one of the greatest um, fast food chains in the history of America. I've seen so, one. but um, and I mean, 
I'm not going to hype it up, hype it up, but it is good food. Okay. It is far better. I know, I know you out there in California, but you are vegetarian. So, um, we, yeah. it is better than in and out. I'm going to okay. tell you guys, and it is better than in and out. Okay. But before all of this, they, none of the Whataburgers had, Hey, order online and pull up and we'll bring it out to you. It was always a, Hey, you come inside or you, you go through the drive through now, Whataburger, McDonald's, all of these apps that if you do not want to get out of your car, you don't have to. If you want to limit your interaction with people, you can do that. Domino's has driverless contact, has, has you know, has, yeah, driverless contact. You drive up, they say, you say, hey, put my pizza in the trunk. You pop the trunk, they put it in there, shut it, and then you go on. Like, literally, these are all the things that have come out of, hey, you know what? We still want to be in business and see, we still want to, we still want to allow people to eat and come and, you know, and come to our restaurant. So we're going to provide them ways to do so. Capitalism is a great thing. I think people, people will adjust. People always adjust. That is what we do. How do you think we have survived for as long as we have? Because we make adjustments. We see, okay, this is not working. Let's adjust. Let's, let's, Go back to the drawing board, see, figure out some ways to do this. And it's not like this took five years to do all this whole contactless pickup and curbside stuff happened in the matter of like a week. Like you, it was a week. And you know where they don't have this to the extent that an entire city can use it efficiently and can use it to the, to the degree that they need it. There are deliveries, yes, but the, where they don't have this and they don't have these options, communist China, as yeah. evidenced by the fact that people are struggling to get basic food necessities. That's they can get birthday cake, but hey, you can get a birthday comes, cake. Happy birthday yeah. to you! Yeah, it's it's Happy honestly like I feel bad even marginally joking about it because it it really is tragic. But yeah. this, this is the difference. This is the distinction between a capitalist country where if if we did lock down entirely, we could in fact do much better than mm. they are doing in Shanghai in terms of having our needs met. And For that sure. is really sad. And there's there there are reasons that that distinction exists. Yeah, it it is it's it's it it is a sad thing. Um, but nonetheless, which is why I am so much of a free market capitalist, and I understand that that capitalism in and of itself is is it, I'm not going to say it is the best because I don't know if that there is anything that is better. But I will say it is the best that we have come up with so far in human history. Peak um, capitalism would be better, but we're getting there. <laughs> exactly, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. But um, people are always trying to dismantle capitalism because of because of how um, because they think of it as oppressive and so forth. But speaking of those people who try to do that, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard. I know we may be a little late in the news and so forth, but BLM. Um, I think this is their third time going through going through issues like this. They uh they they purchased a six million dollar house. Um, what? And that now again, I know a lot of people decided to give to this organization and said, "Hey, I'm with Black Lives Matter. I'm giving to the movement. I'm giving to the organization. They are for the people." Um. I'm going to tell you, I'm black. I haven't received a dime of that. And I feel like my life does matter. So um, they need to go ahead and, and give some of these funds that wind up going $60 million that wind up going missing or these homes that people are purchasing uh, that for, for, for whatever thing, I don't, whether these CEOs, these founders, you know, it's for their families or it's for this or that or the other. Um, but they have now purchased a $6 million home. Um, Crazy, 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 crazy stuff. Yeah, um, I'm looking right now at this uh, at this article from Intelligencer in New York Magazine, um, and it, it's it's pretty damning. There have been questions raised, especially recently, about where uh, BLM is is putting its uh, its funds um, and and how it's spending its money. And it appears to be that a lot a lot of this money has gone to 
uh, you know, housing and various perks for the people at the top of the organization. Um, others, uh, other, other funds have been funneled to Act Blue, which is a uh, campaign. It's a, it's a Democrat campaign fundraising site. Um, and, you know, I do find it uh, very, very ironic that when you give money to Black Lives Matter, sometimes that money goes to just putting people in power who are able to pass laws that are able to run your life and kind of decide the degree to which it matters and how they can express the, the way in which it matters. Um, I'm with you, Maurice. I think if you're going to give money to an organization like this, it should go to people and it should go to specific community programs um, and it should go to improving and making policing more community based and it should go to helping find housing and it should go to improving education and improving school choice and communities and in this regard, it hasn't. It's it's it seems to have, in in a lot of respects, gone to uh, gone to the the owners and and the head decision makers of um, Black Lives Matter. Uh, let's see, global is it the Global Network Foundation, BLM, GNF, yes. um, and Patrice Cullors in particular, who's who's at the top of that. Um, now, and I'm, this is I'm again I'm reading from the Intelligencer article. It's currently not possible to share the Post's article on Colors Home Purchases on Facebook because the site's parent company, Meta, has labeled the content abusive. This is a news mm. article. This is mm. not a slander piece, and it's not about a private mm. individual. This is about a public individual doing something mm. with money that people have donated. And I mm. feel like you have a right to know where your money is going if sure. you donate money to an, to an organization. Um, I was, I think this is a, a maybe an Instagram post that uh, Colors put out where she said that she was very upset about these, these articles and these reports as well. She said, journalism is supposed to mitigate harm. No, that's, that's never been a thing that journalism is supposed to do. Journalism is supposed to seek truth. And, you know, there's a saying exactly. that goes, the truth hurts. Okay, so journalism <laughs> is, is seeking harm. Journalism is sadomasochistic. So journalism is supposed to mitigate harm has never been an actual thing. And, it, and that's a good thing because journalism oftentimes harms people who – I mean, you go, you go back to what what was called yellow journalism and muckraking. Journalism oftentimes would harm corrupt politicians, and it should mm. have. Journalism yes. oftentimes would harm abusive factory workers or fa sorry, factory owners, and it should have. Yes, I mean, journalism is about seeking truth. The truth hurts. Journalism is not about mitigating harm. It's about bringing things to light. And sometimes that is not fun. Sometimes it's a sunburn. Okay. Sometimes journalism gives you a sunburn. I'm just going to continue <laughs> with the conceit until someone shuts me up. But the point is that was nails on a chalkboard to me when I heard journalism is, is supposed yes. to mitigate harm. Um, yes. Because that's certainly not why I do my, my amateur journalisming um, at any research, any research in which I engage. So. And this, this just goes to show, and, and, and I, I know Amanda and I always differ on on this level of thing um anybody who i have ever seen putting the links to black lives matter organization in their instagram in their twitter on their tiktok or whatnot i 100 believe and again we disagree that they should be mocked and shamed like you were duped everybody was telling you and this was a false organization that they have done nothing Ever since the organization in Ferguson and 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 how they have actually come about. Now, if you look at the history of Black Lives Matter, in the very beginning, I get the whole the whole hands up, don't shoot, like like all that stuff was was established, was built on a falsehood, like it was. But there were people actually on the ground who were trying to do right by the community. They were mm -hmm. trying to put funds back into the community. That that is what the organization was doing in the beginning. And people and people knew that. That was very evident. Okay. Now back when it, it, it came to this, oh well if you don't support Black Lives Matter, you're a racist. Oh Black Lives Matter, blah blah blah. And then and then you would get people say, well I support Black Lives Matter, the movement, not the organization. Well I'm like, well both of them don't don't want any part of me. Um just throwing that out there. And I'm a black man. But nonetheless, I always say they should be mocked 
They should be shamed. They 100%. Don't you ever come in my face telling me, oh, Black Lives Matter this. No, because if you really thought they did, you wouldn't be given to that organization. You would be putting money back into the um, back into the hands of black people. You would teach a black person how to fish and you would say, hey, these are the best ways to conduct yourself. Here's how to grow wealth. Here's how to establish for you and your family. Here's how to do things for generational wealth. Here is the best way to protect you and yours. OK, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be giving money to to the to line the pockets of the people who you say you want to dismantle the CEOs of this company. You wouldn't be lining the pockets of Act Blue, which are putting people in positions of power to lock you up. All the more reason you wouldn't be given to Act Blue, which elects Joe Biden, who for God knows what is a babbling buffoon like my goodness. To elect him, the guy who 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 I and now a lot of people will say, well, the black the black caucus really supported the ninety four crime bill, and you're right, they did. They were one hundred percent stupid too. I didn't support any of them. They were. If you truly thought Black Lives Matter, you would not advocate for the policies that you advocate for. And when black people come and 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 I get frustrated because when black people come in and tell you this, you call them coons. You call them Uncle Toms. You sit you 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 sit here and tell me that I'm tap dancing for Massa and all this other kind of stuff. When I'm telling you, no, you're an idiot because you're literally playing and 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 I know the right does not do a good job of of speaking to black people. They don't. That's why I'm not a fan of Brandon Tatum. That's why I'm not a fan of Candace Owens. That's why I'm not a fan of all these people who who the right has lifted to deem as black people who are supposed to be because we're not a monolith and all these things. I'm I'm not. It's frustrating because I say all of these things and I say if you want to be a black person in America that is successful, here is what you need to do. Do this, 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 this. And they say, oh, well, capitalism is is, is for rich old white people. I'm like, no, it's not, you idiots. Look you up Tulsa. No, it's person. not. Well, I don't know about rich, but old white person Karl Marx might be right. like the quintessential old white person. Like, seriously. Seriously, it's just, it's it's so frustrating. And then and then, and then they'll say, oh, well, libertarians are nothing but an old, old they're, they're, they're nothing but um white white males who sit in the bottom of their mom's basement basement complaining about stuff and i'm like hold up no 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 no. exactly exactly like man it's it's so frustrating and and you've been duped you have been duped if you gave money to this organization thinking that some change was going to come you've been duped and what i think i'm going to do and i and i'm so hot talking about it what i think i'm going to do because this is not very civil but i don't care i'm going back my entire Facebook feed and I want to look at posts from 2021 and I want to look at posts from George Floyd and people telling me that I'm kind of, that, that I'm all kinds of stuff and I'm going to say and I want to post these articles and say please tell me again how you give it to Black Lives Matter help my life yeah. please and thank you because you could have given directly to me and I made plenty of posts hey you think Black Lives Matter you trying to help a black man out hey go ahead here's my Venmo go ahead and hit me up you can hit my Zelle. You can use my phone number. Zell me some money to my bank account. Help me help some Black Lives Matter because it'll go to a black home and not all this other foolishness of six million dollars homes that you're trying to dismantle the family unit, which the black which the black community needs. Y'all, y'all can kick rocks. Whew, goodness, sorry. No, it's fine. Don't apologize. Go for it. No, and I, I mean, we we should be promoting other you know people who are actually talking about you know let's let's do practical life tips not promoting mainly already wealthy white politicians who are going to get more of your money i know that patrice colors is not is not a is not white and is not technically a politician although there's some gray area um but (laughs) not giving money to organizations like act blue which are just it it's going to continue the cycle and i was listening to a great podcast I'm sure this guy is not a libertarian in the traditional sense of the word. Philip Scott audio experience is a very, very kind of brief rundown of the way that he sees uh, the most recent um, BLM and and Patrice Cullors uh, 
snafu and he was i thought i honestly was thinking of you i was listening to it right before you know right before coming on and he was quoting malcolm x and it was fantastic so again like there's a lot of areas where i'm sure the three of us would not agree but he was just given the rundown um on his perspective on it and it was it's so refreshing and it's so eye-opening um about how little uh has been done for actual communities in need through this organization, Michael Brown's family, um, aren't they still asking, you know, where's our money? <laughs> where's, yes. where's the money from this organization? Yes. yes. And I think now we have it some answers, ridiculous. but they're not particularly satisfying ones. Exactly. For sure. It is, it is so frustrating. And, and, and I, I do agree with you. Like, like if I would not bash this organization so much, if they were giving, if they were literally putting money back into the communities, no, I not would not. I'd be like, Hey, like, you know what? I like, I may not, I may not like their, their political stances and this, and that, and the other, but at least they are, they are truly trying to make a difference in the community, trying to better black people, teaching them how to farm, teaching them how to, teaching them how to be self-sustaining and so forth. I'm all for that. And I support that 100%, but the like stuff that they're doing school. right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yes. I, I, no, you're fine. This is one thing that I that I harp on. I want to do this so badly. Like, if I ever become rich and famous, I want to do this so badly. Do single case agreements for private schools the same way they do single case agreements with insurance? You know, if there's typically there's mm-hmm. a, like a provider that your insurance doesn't typically cover, um, and sometimes you can get a single case agreement where there will be coverage for that particular case. Yes. I want single case agreements for private schools so that, I mean, ideally I would want, I would want the funds to follow the students, but that's an issue that goes beyond just me. I want to be able to like have a network that works with liaisons in private schools and, you know, has these scholarship opportunities and says, Hey, we've got this family. This is the child's needs. You know, I think they would be a perfect fit. The family can't afford all of, all of the, all of the tuition. They can, they can afford 40%. They can afford 20%. How do we help that? How do we make this happen? Because this is the perfect fit for this kid. Do this, do single case agreements for private schools that would be an amazing thing to do as an organization with the level of clout and their and the level of of publicity that blm has it's it's heartbreaking that that's not happening yeah and it's infuriating and it it, and and most most black people are for some level of school choice they are so if 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 blm were to say hey you know what like even if even if they're given to given to specific candidates and so forth, at least give it to candidates that 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 are pushing some sort of some level of school choice, like th- that are not saying school choice is for is because you want to indoctrinate your kids and so forth, which everybody is going to indoctrinate those ki- your kids on some level. Like that is what you do as a parent. Yeah. You indoctrinate your kids to the values that you have like that's. I, I, I don't understand why that's some foreign concept and I know, and I'm trying not to get off on too much of a rabbit hole tangent, but I mean, just being able to, to say, Hey, you know what? Like my favorite sports teams are my dad's favorite sports teams. Why? Cause we grew up watching those in the household. So I'm like, okay, like this is what I love. If BLM were, were, were to get behind something like that, I promise you, man, like so much more thing could change. But I, this just shows you this just shows you that that people, even if there are no repercussions, because there's no good because I because I'm a firm believer, there are probably going to be no repercussions for BLM like at all. Um, if because people because people aren't going to know about this. The people yeah. there are still going to be people who give and still people who say, oh, well, it's got Black Lives Matter in the name. So it's got to be a good cause. You know, so if 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 they were to to get behind things, things like maybe school choice and I get maybe that's that's more of a of a of a libertarian type type mindset. But um, because people on the left definitely do want to control the school systems and so forth. And I get that. But if, if they were to do something along those lines. I'm all for it. I'm like 100 percent. OK, let's make some moves. You're truly trying to make the black community better you're trying to lift them up like by all means but 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 they're not you're it's exposing the greed that that everybody has you know it's it and and i will i'm I'm gonna tell you that i'm greedy every single person is greedy 
for like you look out for number one and you're in your best interest. And I get that. OK, but there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And BLM is 100 percent taking it, t- taking advantage of Mal- of the of, of the of Brown. They took they take advantage of Eric Gardner. They take advantage of George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor, um, Sandra Bland. They take they take advantage of all of these names. Say his name. Say your names. All of that stuff or whatnot. And not a and I won't say not a dime. Majority of those funds are not going to what it is intended for, and it is ridiculous. Sorry. Whew. No, again, BLM. don't apologize. Yeah, no, I, I thought this might get you a little hot and bothered. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's kind of my fault. Um, I do, I do think I believe that Amazon Smile has taken BLM off of its list of approved charities Good. that you can donate. Good. So you know, you were talking about how there won't be repercussions. I think there can be repercussions from the market. Um, but you know, other types of repercussions, that's a different story. And frankly, it's a different, it's a, I, I'm not convinced one way or the other, whether there should be legal repercussions. If we have a a strong enough market system where, Mm -hmm. you know, we can just impose these consequences socially, then we we really need legal repercussions. We don't need to continue making the sick system worse, but yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and I would, I would say in, 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 and Kapistan, if I found out that an organization that I was given to wasn't doing all that stuff, hey, I'm coming after you for for, for my money plus interest of money that I could that I could have used for something else. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But that's in Kapistan. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> gotta love it. Got to love it. So, um, there are in in. In, in some other news of, of people who are who are at the top that are that are actually that I feel may be doing a little good in the world, if not causing some chaos, as in uh, uh, the Joker, the Joker on the Dark Knight. He just loves chaos like, yes, you just want to see it happen. And I'm just sitting back and loving it. So last episode, we talked a little bit about Elon Musk and how he bought nine point two percent of um, of Twitter, making him I, I think at the time he was the largest the largest holder um, of Twitter. And and I had said, like, you know, they had offered him a seat on the board. He was talking about taking on the board. Well, I want to say, like, after we had talked about that, maybe a week later it came out, or a few days later it came out, yeah. no, he wasn't taking the board seat. And it was just like, oh, I'm interested. I'm interested well, to see all this. Because yeah, if yeah. he's not taking the board seat, then, hey, there must be fire in his eyes, and this may be a hostile takeover. And I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So Elon Musk offers, I want to say it, it was somewhere about $45, $50 billion as, as what he was offering to buy Twitter outright, mm-hmm. which, which he laid out. He laid out very well, discussing how, it was it was the best for the shareholders. It was definitely more than any kind of offer that they were going to get. Um, be- better than anything, what, uh, I think it was an additional two or three dollars a share um, on top of what of, of what it was currently valued at, and so forth. I mean, so which in that sale, everybody who owned Twitter stock would would be making some money, like one hundred percent would be making some money. But um, but in that he he put it he he did he did mention that if um th- this is going to be be my best offer like I'm like I'm I'm telling you guys right now this is what it is and he goes and if you choose not to take this offer then I may have to rethink my position <laughs> in Twitter which is even yeah. better yeah. <laughs> because if he sells his entire stock of Twitter Twitter stock is going to crash like it is going it is just. It is just chaos, pure chaos, and I love sitting back and watching. You're you're the Joker in this situation. Yeah, no, I mean, I honestly, I think I think Twitter doesn't take the deal. I think Twitter lets the stock temporarily tank because everything's kind of tanking right now. So what? Or there's some kind of uh, there's some kind of negotiation. There's some kind of um, agreement that goes on behind the scenes where maybe Elon sells some of his stock and not all of it. Um, yeah, th- this, this feels a little bit like a hostage situation right now. <laughs> um, but what I am really baffled by are all the people who are saying, first of all, first of all, I don't know if you know this, but th- this is directly comparable, uh, to the fall of Weimar Germany. 
Um, yes. Was, yeah. No, that that happened on on Twitter. I remember Civil Discord even retweeted that. I was like, please stop. Please stop. Please don't say that. <laughs> I because yes. when I think of the fall of Weimar Germany, the first thing that comes into my head is more free speech for everyone. That's that's right, what I exactly. Think of. Um, and then there's, is, is it Max Boot, Fedora Man? Mac, Max Boot, uh, I know the Ruthless guys call him Maximum War now, War Forever Boot. Um, but he's, he was saying that for democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. This is what happens when you just have, uh, when you're just throwing darts and you know that we need to save democracy has worked in the past. And so you just decide that anything that you want to argue about, you're just going to appeal to, if you disagree with me, you want to harm democracy. Or if, if right. uh, Saving democracy requires agreeing with me. It's getting old. People aren't buying it anymore. But it was just really, yeah. really funny to see. Democracy will die if we have more free speech on Twitter. Which, like, you can make, you can try to make an argument that we should have content moderation on Twitter, but don't come at it from the angle of democracy. Because, and this is something yes. that Spike Cohen was saying, um, I'm, I can't think of a single dictator, I can't think of a single anti-democratic dictator who was a proponent of unequivocal, radical free speech. Yeah, I, no, I can't think of it. And and what I what it really seems to be is that people are people seem to be worried that with Elon Musk suddenly allowing all this free speech on Twitter, right? The, the disaster fantasy is somehow that the wrong people will have free speech, and, ah. and therefore they will push other people off. They will bully them off. Which, by the way, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing because I didn't think cancel culture was real. So they'll bully other people into submission and shut them up and shut them down. So what we really have here is a situation where everyone's saying, it's fine when my guys are doing it, and it's bad when the guys I don't like are doing it. Exactly. And when you have a situation like that, really the only intellectual, intellectually consistent thing, and and honestly, the only thing that's, that's good for discourse to do is to say, anyone can do it. Anyone can yep. say the things that they want to say. And yep. some people can say bad th- things that I don't like. And some people can say things that I like. And exactly. they'll both be there. Exactly. It's it, it's it's freedom of speech for me, not for thee. And, and it's as crazy as it sounds. I want all good and bad ideas to be expressed. Yeah. Okay. I want to know who the racist people are. So yeah. I don't have to deal with them. Yeah. Like, if you want to be racist, be racist. If you want to be racist on Twitter, be racist on Twitter. I know, I now know who I can block. Like, exactly. okay, I don't want you on there. You know, I now know that you don't want black people coming to your establishment. Okay, cool beans. If you want to discriminate on that level, you can do that. I just don't, I won't shop for you. Like, I won't shop there. Like, I don't want, and, and th- this is because I, I do not discrimination happens everywhere on all sorts of levels. Like I discriminated when I found my wife, it it just is, you know? Um, But if, if there is somebody who is covertly racist, why do I want to support them? Like that, that, that makes no sense to me. I want somebody to be overtly racist. And so I can say like, okay, cool. I'm not supporting you and whatever you're doing. Like you, you can go and kick rocks. I'll find it. I will find another platform to use. I will find another person to talk to. I will find something else to deal with because you're crazy. Like, so allow these people to have free speech for some reason, the world is going to end because because Elon Musk is taking, trying to take over Twitter. Like, oh my gosh, like our, our, our democracy. And, 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 and anytime somebody refers to our democracy, I'm like, oh good. Like it's going to crumble. Oh good. And they, Hey, Hey, you, you speaking to me on those, like, like, I love you for that. I love you for those terms. But, but, but in, in all seriousness, like, like when people talk about this, like I, I literally flipped on to like different, different networks and just, or, I mean, and just kind of seeing like what they were saying. And when I tell you, 
some of these people were freaking out over. I was like, it's nine point two. Is he's taking a public, a publicly traded company private? Like, what's so bad about that? I'm trying to figure this out. What is so bad about a guy who wants to buy a company? going private if you do not like what he's doing with the company just like y'all said with twitter when they kicked trump off just like they said with with amazon dropping their um their web services with parlor so parlor was no longer it's a private company so here we go no hey oh no he's trying to he's trying to do the same thing okay he's trying to protect his free speech if you don't like it he takes it private it's a private company you can do whatever you want to do go make your own you're on Twitter. Go do whatever you want to do. See how well it survives, but go do what you want to do. It, it's the same thing. Now, to throw an even bigger wrench into this, Vanguard um, actually is now the largest owner of shares with Twitter. I think they're at like 10.9, uh, 10.29%, t- which they bought as Twitter tanked. Now, that being said, the Vanguard Group, I don't know why what their interests are in this. I think maybe they're like, oh, well, if because it, it could be one of two things. Um, one of the articles talks about how maybe they just like the support of what the new CEO is going to do. They like that new direction, that new lead, and so forth. They're buying that, or they could be like, hey, uh, Elon Musk just offered them a lot of money, and uh, and and the the stock price went down close to two percent. So if I can get in on this real quick, and then all of a sudden he buys it, and the the and and he buys it buys it at a premium, which most companies do. They buy things at a premium when you when you buy another company. Then we can make we can make those in this group that much more wealthy. I don't know. Um, that that is another interesting um caveat into all this into this lovely chaos. This may just may just turn into nothing and the and the, the naysayers during all of that may have been excited and may yeah. just be like oh yay our our non-free speech platform has been protected and so forth but i i, I don't i don't think elon will go down will, will go down without a fight um no. if be because of like he's a very calculated human being like i i'm pretty sure i know we made um amanda and i were, were, were on a podcast another another guy's podcast we talked about amanda being an alien um i'm pretty sure elon musk is an alien like i am there is no this dude gets about four hours of sleep on a daily basis like the way that he functions is like like there's no way i mean he he's there's no way he can function the way that he does like elon musk is he is definitely an alien, an alien who who I would love to sit with and go and get coffee with for sure or have a beer with. But an alien nonetheless, because but 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 all I say, he is very calculated in the things that he does. And he does just do, doesn't do things um, um, just just to do them. And I think that he is he is all about seeing things through to through to the end. That's why SpaceX is doing what it's doing and so forth, mainly because and he does work people very hard. Um, I, I will say that as well too. The people that's working SpaceX work very hard, long days, but I mean they get compensated for it. So, um, it 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 is going to be very interesting to see how all this plays out, especially with Vanguard throwing their name into the mix. Um, and d- d- depending on on why that's um happening, but nonetheless, I just want to sit back, sit back, watch, and if Twitter goes up in flames, Twitter goes up in flames. And if it doesn't and it goes and becomes a private company, then, hey, it becomes a private company. Or if Elon Musk just sells his stock and it tanks for about a good six months and then finally recovers, then it can do that, too. I, I, now, I think if it tanks, they're, they're finding a new CEO, but the shareholders mm-hmm. will not be happy. But it is what it is. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Do you want to tell me your inflation numbers since we're on the? Oh God! Oh my gosh! I know Y'all done got me riled up. Ryan had to let, not rant too much. Let, let me pull these suckers up. Um, we got because, new numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and y'all know good and well that Maurice loves his some inflation. Okay, yeah. he loves it so much that he talks to his kids about it nearly every nearly every day at school. Okay, and keep in mind though. This is Putin's inflation. And so what ended up happening, actually, is that uh, Vladimir Putin uh, went and ha- built a time machine so that he was exactly. able to go back uh, last year 
and start hiking up inflation at record rates. So when people talk about Putin's price hike, that's what they're referring to, because inflation actually hasn't risen all that much, relatively speaking, uh, between the Russian invasion and now. So what we're talking about is, in fact, the time machine that Vladimir Putin built. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he also, I, I don't know if you know this, Marcy, he forced um, all of these domestic oil production companies to to shut down. Uh, yeah, he did. U.S. from being a net yep. exporter. Yep, sure so did. It's the Putin price hike. Yeah. Putin price hike. Okay. Now, again, if you couldn't hear the sarcasm in my voice about how much I love inflation. Nonetheless, numbers came back. 8.5% increase year over year. That is ridiculous. It's a lot. So, if you did not get a raise. That means you're making less money this year than you did last year. If you got a raise that was lower than 8.5%, you are making yes. less money. Yes, exactly, exactly. Now you may think, Maurice, there are so many things that get factored into this 8.5%. Gas is very high, which is affecting everybody, and it is, okay? There's so much, and there's so much that goes into this, and there's no way, like, like it's okay. I'm going to read some numbers to you and you tell me if this is crazy. Also, all items, 8.5%. The food at your house costs 10% more today than it did last year this time. Okay. Your fuel, the oil, 70% more from March, from March to March, 70%. So this time. Okay. Now I will say here in Texas, our, our prices have kind of leveled off and are are starting to, to, to come back down a little bit. Um, if you, if you're in the market for a vehicle, 35% increase year over year, 35% used cars and trucks, 35% clothing, your clothes are 6.8% more expensive now than they were a year ago. Glad I never buy clothes. Like the gas now, I like it is. Re- I, I don't buy clothes out of my wife does, but and we're, and we're about to start buying some baby clothes. I'm wearing so, my high ugh. school wardrobe. Like I just never stopped. It'll come back in style eventually. <laughs> By the way, I, I got a little bigger. I run before I, I like everyone's like Amanda only wears this. This is not true. I usually run right before the podcast. Except now my it's treadmill broke. So. Anyway, but go. It's all gravy. I, I, no, no, you're good. I, I. If if I could wear my high school clothing, I definitely would. I, I I've just gotten bigger and not not from a, a weight standpoint as far as I've gotten fatter. Like my shoulders have my arms yeah. have gotten bigger, my shoulders have gotten a little broad. Like I've Look grown into I've become a grown man. Yeah. Is what happens. Yeah. Okay. I've been grown. Um your gas. So here in Texas, we use a lot of gas to heat and things of that nature. Gas is up twenty one point six percent over last year. Okay. Shelter places, 5%. Transportation, medical services, transportation is about 7.7%. Your medical care services, 2.9%. Hey, way to go. 2.9% there. Okay. Um, But I I wonder why that's the case anyway. All that to say, every single time these numbers come out, my blood pressure just goes up. Okay. I'm going to have to take a break from look. This is why I'm glad school is almost over. Because the re- one of the main reasons why I look at all this is because I, t- I talk to my kids about money on a daily basis. So we look at inflation numbers and we talk about this in economics and so forth. I'm Summer break is coming up and my blood pressure needs to be as low as possible. Okay. Because I look at these numbers and I, y'all think I was heated and frustrated with BLM. Woo! This is the ultimate outside of income taxes. This is the ultimate form of theft. You mm-hmm. were literally devaluing people's money and you're blaming it on something that just happened in the past three months acting like this ain't been something that's been happening all daggum year or two years you know acting like you think that and i tell people this all the time we talk about this acting like you done got you you had a holographic charizard pokemon card and you just made three million of them suckers acting like the value of that card ain't about to go down like it's nothing. Like, oh, I want I don't know why this this Charizard isn't worth as much as it was two days ago. Maybe because you just made a million of them. And so now nobody cares about them anymore because everybody can get one. And it's ridiculous. 
is utterly ridiculous. And I'm I'm tired of people being and I'm going to use this in a nice way. I'm use this term in a in 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 a truly term in, in, in like in the true in the realness of the definition. I'm tired of people people being ignorant on the situation and acting like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's it's the Putin price hike. Jen Psaki and, and her and one of her things, I'm pretty sure said Putin price hike maybe about 14 times in a matter of two minutes. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the new NPC. Hey, firmware update. Here we go. Putin price hike. Putin price hike. Putin price hike. And I, I remember seeing a clip. I, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. A clip where there are literally about like 20 different news articles, and they all use the term Putin price hike. Like, really? For what? This is not this is not news. Russia has not been invading Ukraine for the past two years. Yeah. I hate to tell you guys that, but gas has been increasing in price for a long time. It really has. At least at least in my area it has been. Yeah. No. I don't has. know about everybody else. For me, of course. Food has. has been going up. I remember us one of our first episodes that we talked about discussed inflation. And inflation was at like six point five at that particular time. I want to say that was like last June. And yeah. we've gone up. It's just this is this is nuts. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because yeah. everybody looks at me like I'm crazy when I'm telling you that you're making less money this year than you did last year if you didn't get an eight point five percent raise in March. Like, man, stop printing enough money. It's a, this is crazy. And and I will say, the Fed, I I they are raising some interest rates. They yeah. are. They are trying to slow down the, spin, the, the, the speed, the velocity of money. And, and I am taking a hit for that, as yeah. they should. Yeah. If they're going to exist, which I don't think that they should, but because I because they've been stealing money from me since the, since their very accept, since their very inception. Um, but if they are going to exist, they need to increase interest rate. And granted, that sucks for me because I was I'm literally in the process of buying a home. Yeah. And from the beginning of the process to actually to our closing date, the interest rates went up. Close to about two, two percent. Okay, and it sucks. It does. It's frustrating, but it is what it is. But man, this is utterly ridiculous. This is getting out of hand. Yeah. Nope. Agreed. Agreed. And I thought I thought that was a good one to close on. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. It's and that's the thing is I I'm not upset about the Fed raising interest rates. It should have happened much earlier. Um, yes. I, I'm taking a hit too with with investments because when the Fed raises interest rates, you know, uh, the the market goes down, and I get yes. that, and I can plan for that and prepare for that. Um, I'm upset that it hasn't happened sooner because you know the the fact we just painted ourselves into a corner essentially with this. So hopefully yes. we do what we need to do in terms of rates, uh, and it, we need to go a lot further than we've gone. Yes. Definitely. That's why I'm not being, I'm not going to be on the Fed board anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. No, they, I, 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 I was talking with my wife and I was like, you know, like, I feel like at some point, like, because this education thing is going over well for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, I feel like some point, like I will be in some sort of like lead role in a school district somewhere. And I was like, and I'm hoping that they don't find this podcast and they see that I'm trying to to dismantle the system from the inside. That's the thing. Oh, man. I've got to be careful with that. (laughs) Like, if I ever run to be a a superintendent, they're going to be like, hold up, this guy? Let's play a clip. (laughs) Let's play a clip. And I'm going to say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yep, stand yeah, 100%. Make no apologies. <laughs> Make no apologies whatsoever. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for um, hearing our lovely rants and my soapboxes that I tend to get on every so often, especially when we talk about crazy things like inflation and BLM. Um, but please, please, please share the show. Share the show with a friend, a family member, a loved one, somebody who thinks inflation is good, somebody who thinks inflation is bad, and then somebody who you feel like needs to be mocked and shamed for supporting BLM over the past two years. Um, doing all that, follow us on um follow us on Spotify as we release on there. Um, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating review because I know that we are worth every single bit of that. Subscribe to us on YouTube as we are now doing video. And I assure you, once I move, my camera will be better. My angles will be better. I will have faster internet. 
so much things will will continue to increase. So we are looking for we are looking forward to all of those things. Um, follow us on Instagram. Uh, call me Maurice. Um, I, we're we're about to do a gender reveal, so we're going to have a lot more posts about Yay. that. As far as my family is concerned, the growth of my family, Civil Discord Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Civil Discord Pod. Um, and Amanda Ajax the Griff. Remember, if anything is crazy that is coming out of Civil Discord Podcast Twitter Twitter feed, it is me and everything that is fully thought out and sounds great. It is one hundred percent going to be Amanda. Um, do all of that. Do all of that, and I assure you, we will be, we'll be we will be back again with another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. Until then, y'all be easy and stay fierce.